We're looking at Matthew's gospel again. And we've got good news and bad news. The good news is that we've got a way of building community in the face of conflict in this text. The bad news is that we need a way of building community in the face of conflict because we're human beings and that's how it goes. In fact, Christianity has been very particular in insisting that if we're going to tell a story about what it means to be human, it needs to include all that it means in the bad ways and all that it means in the good ways. We've often heard, the, or you may often have heard the term feet of clay. It comes from the Hebrew Bible, from the story of Daniel, where Daniel has this extraordinary vision of, a, of an enormous statue that's awesome and dazzling, it says. And it's got a head of gold, it's got a chest and arms of silver, a belly of bronze, legs of iron, and feet of clay. It's a brilliant illustration of what it means to be human. Glorious and very fragile. And the Hebrew scriptures tell us stories about David, the great king of Judaism, the, the shining example of what it means to be the leader of a nation, the golden age that David brought into being. And they tell some horrible stories about David. He was a murderer and an adulterer and all kinds of other things. It doesn't shy away from telling us the stories. And it tells us stories in the New Testament. When you'd think the thing to do when you've got a bunch of followers of Jesus, 12 of them we're told, is to build them up and make them look amazing because they're going to be running the church. But that's not the stories we get. Yeah, they do wonderful things, but they miss it. They get confused. They get self-serving. And we get all of that as well. Any version of human life that doesn't take account of what a mess we make of it isn't a true story. Any version of human life that doesn't say that we are made in the image of God and are glorious isn't a true story either. It's got to be everything together. It's got to take account of the evil that we do to ourselves and each other and take account of the glorious way we can live together, often in self-sacrifice, doing things for others before anybody even asks us. It's got to be all of these things together. And we've got to take that into account when we read this story. If another member of the church sins against you, sin is not something you do wrong. I'm sure there's piles of things that you do. Sin is a state of being. The original word means missing the mark. It's a failing to be who you were created to be. It's not things that you do. Of course, it manifests in things that you do and often in things that you should do and don't do. I'm talking to you because I'm, it's not, doesn't mean to me because I'm perfect, but the rest of you, it's about, it's about how we fail to be what we long to be. We, we've got a glimpse of what it would mean to be fully alive, fully functioning in the, in, in the world, fully aware of the concerns and needs of each other, 
a fully alive person. And we meet that sometimes in ourselves and we meet it sometimes in others, but we know that we're not there. So I reckon this text should say not if another member of the church sins against you, but as or because, because this is how we are with each other. If or as another brother or sister fails in being who they were created to be, Go and show him or her their fault when the two of you are alone. I don't know about you, but I'm not that keen on you pointing out my faults to me. It's not a great way to begin a conversation. But if we recognise that this is who we are, we are all, as Paul puts it in Romans, we've all fallen short of the glory of God. We've all fallen short of who we could possibly be in the world that we should be living the lives that the first people lead in the very first story we get in the, in the, the Bible itself, the garden. Life should be a garden. We should be able to walk in the cool of the evening as it says that God does in the garden. We know that. So, when, as your sisters and brothers fall short of being who they were called to be, Go and show them their faults. First of all, it says go. It doesn't say call them here into the office. It doesn't say I'm where I should be and you, well, let me just point a few things out. It doesn't say that at all. Go into their life. Go into their turf where they are at home. And you're not calling them to account because it's just the two of you alone telling each other the truth of what it's like to be human. I don't like to go to those conferences where everyone says, well, we're doing this and it's wonderful and we're doing that and it's wonderful and this is going well and hundreds of people are turning up and I go away feeling dreadful because I'm not doing that. I, I'm not that clever. I haven't followed through. I haven't lost that much weight. I haven't gained that many uh, accolades in my education. I haven't done this. I haven't... I'm much more interested in true stories. Yeah, we've done this and some of it's been wonderful and some of it's been really hard and we're not really sure what we're doing and we're making it up as we go along. We're going step by step and we're trying to be kind to each other. We're trying to be faithful. They're the kinds of stories I want to hear. That we're honest with each other about our failings. We're not just nice to each other. And churches have a real capacity for niceness because we're only here together in this kind of collective for an hour or two on a Sunday. And anyone can be nice for an hour or so. Even if you've had a rough night, you can still sort of front up and be nice. But it's got to be more than that. Otherwise, we're just strangers to each other. So when you're alone together, tell each other the truth. Acknowledge our oneness in our brokenness and our oneness in our hopes for a different, better humanity. And it says show don't tell. It's not a list of things that you've all done wrong. But be an example to each other. Not of moral rectitude, but of honest, true living. But if you're not listened to, take one or two others along with you so that every word may be confirmed by the evidence of one or, th or two or three witnesses. And if the member refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church to the wider community. 
Get more people. Do it together. Do it collectively. If that doesn't work, get a bigger group of people and do it more collectively. And tell you what, it's easier to deal with that way. If you start pointing out to me all the things that I've done wrong and where I fail, I find that very, very confronting. But if we together do it, that it's about all of us, and we're all doing it well and badly at different times and in different ways, then I can be more open to it. I can do what churches always do and what we've done here this morning. I can confess. I can tell the truth. We, do, we insist every Sunday in doing a prayer of confession. And that is because we know we need to. We know we need to be honest with ourselves rather than living a falseness. So the way to deal with sin, the way to deal with the lostness and the brokenness of what it is to be human is for us to listen to each other and to talk to each other because we're all the ones who are failing to be who we're supposed to be. And then it says, if even the, that doesn't work, if the offender refuses to listen even to the church, let, one, let such a one be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. That means we throw them out. No, it doesn't. How does Jesus treat Gentiles? He has a party with them over and over. How does he treat tax collectors? He has a party with them too and he invites them to be in his inner circle. This whole gospel is named after Matthew the tax collector who becomes a disciple of Jesus. So if it, nothing works, if people still insist on staying away, staying polite, staying nice and not engaging in deep human community, well, invite them to a party. And don't blame me, I'm just reading what it says in the Bible. Truly, I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. If we are living untruthful lives with each other, if we are living as nice people, not real people, we will be bound up in ourselves, in loneliness and in isolation. And if we, if we bind that up, then it binds other people. Because if you open yourself up a little bit to me in telling true stories about who you are and I back away or I pretend to be above all of that, then I'm binding you and you're binding. We're bound up together. We no longer can be human beings alive together. We're hiding from each other. We're lonely in a crowd. But... Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And heaven here, I think Jesus is meaning the entire universal experience of being alive. If we let our defences down, if we have the courage to be honest and truthful with each other, if we live true, unhidden lives, freedom flows everywhere, amongst all of us. Again, truly, I tell you, Jesus says, if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. Now, I don't think that's a kind of manipulating God to do things. That doesn't make any sense at all, does it? What it means, surely, is it's about harmony and truthfulness. If you agree 
on something. What do we agree on? What we agree on earth is that we ought to be living full, alive, compassionate lives. That's what we agree on. How close are we to it? Well, it depends on how well you slept last night. It depends on when the last time you had a fight with your sister or your uncle or anybody. It, who knows? But mostly we're a lot further away from it than we want to be. There's a harmony that we long for. Listen to this. This is from the very beginning of it all. This magical story of the beginning of everything. God says, See, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is upon the face of all the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit. And you shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. That's the world we want. That's what we hunger for. And then it goes on to say, and it was so. God saw everything that God had made. And indeed... It was very good. 